Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I'm very excited because I have Brandon London here today. And I know Giants fans, you guys know him and you love him. So welcome, Brandon. Thank you. So excited you're here. Thank you. You know, Brandon London here, or as the guy, some of y'all randomly see me out and be like, yo, the giant Snapchat guy, yo, Giants TikTok guy. It's like, hi, I'm 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 Brandon London. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh thanks for having me. Started off with a really nice looking camp. Uh it's looking like a good year for the New York football giants and the content creators, you know. So uh thanks for having me on. Let's talk some football. Yeah, I'm excited. I think this is the first time in a long time that this early on in the season, majority of fans are probably as excited as they are. And I think we're starting to see some good things come out of camp. And, you know, I think the best thing coming out of camp so far is that there have been no knock on wood, no real bad injuries that we've seen from some other teams. But one thing that I noticed a lot in camp today is I'm loving the rotation that I'm seeing and someone like, uh, Trey Hawkins, the third, who was a sixth round draft pick this past draft is getting reps with the ones. And I think guys like that are kind of going unnoticed and maybe should be talked about a little more. So I saw some good stuff coming uh, out of him today. And, you know, I think we've seen some good stuff from Jalen Hyatt and John Michael Schmitz, a lot of the rookies. Um, what have you seen so far from camp? Any highlights or players that you have maybe uh, become higher on since camp has started for this upcoming season. Well, first and foremost, that's a shout out. That's that's big for Brian Dable that he's getting these young guys first team reps this early. You know, especially when you get a six round draft pick reps this early. Uh, but what that means is you're allowed. You can give your vets kind of like a half half work day if that makes sense. You see a guy, Adore Jackson, uh, start play, played some reps today, but then kind of got shut down towards the end of practice. You see a Darren Waller, same thing. Um, and you see the Daniel Bellingers and Luke uh, Lawrence Cagers come in and continue to make plays. Um, that's exactly what you need in terms of building depth and, and playing in the NFL where young guys got to be as ready as possible right away. So we're talking about Trey Hawkins III. Uh, young kid, doesn't he hasn't come and he hasn't looked like a six-round pick as of yet. Yes, he's made – uh, mistakes here and there, but that's expected. But he's also done great things like put speed on tape and be able to get his head back and make a play on the ball. When we talk about the ball, deep ball uh, up on Jalen Hyatt the other day, we talk about him kind of running a route for uh, Wheaton, uh, Wheaton Ford uh, in the one-on-ones when everyone's seen that viral interceptions. And he showed the fact that he has hands, a DB with hands. If you have a DB that can catch the ball, that's a great asset because they do have their opportunity to be around the ball and change the game. Uh, you see Deontay Banks be able to still get reps with the ones, but you look at both of them on the field at the same time, that's your future or could be your future uh, one day in terms of CB1 and CB2. But it also, again, gives a Dory Jackson rest. Um, you see guys like Jalen Hyatt really making plays, and that's what you wanted to see because everyone wanted the Giants to come in with a set number one. Hey, go after DeAndre Hopkins. Hey, go after that guy. But you saw Joe Shane and those guys kind of hold firm and say, look, we're not we're not even paying our running back, let alone are we going to uh, pay some older receiver, you know, some veteran receiver. So it's a thing where, hey, we paid our quarterback and we're going to give him different guys with different skill sets 
and speed to be able to get him to push the ball down the field and get guys that can also win the 50-50 ball down the field. And you saw Paris Campbell kind of have his best day with the the four catches and then the deep ball and coming down with some routes. So um, right now, like there's a there's a bunch of Darius Slade and Isaiah Hodgins making plays. There's so many people you can kind of say that standing out and making plays, but the pads come on tomorrow, um, and that's going to tell you something different. But right now, to see the catches and the throws and the defensive pass breakups and the interceptions, that's good because it's guys making plays. Mm-hmm, definitely. You touched on the wide receiver, and I want to talk about this for a second because I think there are still a lot of Giants fans who might be concerned that even though we have 14 wide receivers who are battling it out for maybe a maximum of six spots, that we don't necessarily have that number one guy. And I think probably a lot of us feel like maybe Darren Waller is going to be that guy, even though he's not a wide receiver. But for those of you who don't know, Brandon was a wide receiver in college at UMass. And then he went to the New York Giants and won a Super Bowl in 2007. So as, you know, knowing that and as a wide receiver, former wide receiver yourself, what do you think about that? Do you think we we need a, a number one wide receiver and that automatically is going to level up our offense or not necessarily because we have talent on all sides of the ball when it comes to offense now? Well, I can tell you each, if you were to ask each one of those guys, they would all tell you they're, the number one wide receiver they could be the number one wide receiver so in terms of I know how fans look at it like oh I don't have anyone with a star on them right away on Madden you know but right now if I'm a receiver in that room I'm like I got an opportunity to get paid like yeah. you know like I could really you see a Darius Slayton people could say what he's had the ultimate giant story in the top of late round pick uh had success early then kind of went through the drop season a little, then kind of re- had to take a pay cut, then reemerged as the team's wide receiver one last year. He and Daniel Jones have kind of – they've picked up from where they left off, and you've seen they've made plays down the field. If I'm a Paris Campbell, hey, I got a chance to show that I'm a number one wide receiver. Hey, let me stay healthy this year. Let me put some things on tape with a quarterback like Daniel Jones that can throw the ball down the field. So that, again, we saw the catch Paris Campbell had on us last year when he was with the Colts. You can do that. You're going to have opportunity to do that because Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, Joe Shane are going to be paying Daniel Jones to now throw the ball down the field. Hey, we asked you to kind of game manage last year. So the fact that you could handle yourself as a game manager, we're going to put skill set guys in place to maximize not only your feet, but also your big arm and your ability to throw down, down the field. Jalen Hyatt is another guy for that. And then when you talk about third and six, third and eight, who's going to keep it funky. Who's going to keep it great. You got a guy like Sterling Shepard. You got Wandale Robinson that has to come back and you've got Cole Beasley as kind of your immediate right now, if you need that, you know, so You've put different, and then obviously with Darren Waller, you've been at practice. They can't, no one can check him. Like he's always over. Incredible. So you add that with the receiver core, all that speed you have. Then I mean, there's there's something there. There's something there. Do something with it. 
Yeah. I think even just being at camp a couple days and seeing, you know, just a glimpse of some of the talent on the offense as a fan, it's making me really excited to see what the team is going to bring. So if you had to predict right now who you think is going to end up in those six wide receiver spots, I think we can agree that, you know, Jalen Hyatt, Darius Lee in Paris Campbell and Isaiah Hodgins are probably, that's who I would guess are the definite four. From those other two, I mean, I I feel like it's either going to be Shep or Beasley. I think that Shep probably has a leg up knowing the offense and the coaching staff and everything like that. He's got a connection with Jones. And then, you know, Jamison Crowder was emerging as a favorite. He has special teams experience. I think that's going to help him maybe solidify that sixth spot. But what do you think? Do you think that there is someone that's going to be, you know, maybe they end up with Shep and Beasley, or, you know, maybe it's not Beasley and it's someone like Khalil Pimpleton who pops in that number six spot. Well, also Jeremy Mickens is a guy you could take a look at. He's been making plays and uh, making some catches. Uh, If he could, you think about special teams and, what could help this team? What could help this offense? A spark on a punt return or kick return. Mickens, one of those guys, you know, when it comes to the Cole, the, the Shep and the Beasley, they're one of the same. So it's like that's an either or for those guys because you're going to need a punt return, kick return guy out of that six. Um, yeah. But I think they try and keep as many as they can because it is a 17, 18, eight, 17 game, 18 week season. You need that guy for November, you know, you or another guy next man up mentality when you get November, December. So that's how I want everyone to look at it. Now, when you look at a receiver room, when you look at a DB room, those are rooms where it's like, yes, you may have your wide receiver one, but you got you may have to go down to wide receiver eight, you know, in a year. Some practice squad guy that comes off in November down in Philly or in in December at some big point of game, you know, some, some game that has uh playoff implications that might be a practice squad guy getting his first reps or his first chance. So you want that to be a guy that, that, you know, that, that can play that showing stuff. So um, when, it, so to go back to what I was saying, when it came to Shep and Beasley being the same person, but then that next spot can go to who can show up in the kick return, punt return game. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely going to give them a leg up. And I think, you know, after what we saw last year, that's definitely a position that we are lacking is, you know, a really good kick returner or punt returner. And I, I I mean, I feel like I haven't seen a really great one from the giants in years. So it's like Dominic, Dominic Hickson. And then uh, what's it? Dwayne, not Dwayne Johnson. uh, He played with the Cowboys and then he came to the giants kick return, punt returner. With the dreads, what's his name? It's slipping me right now. Uh, he had a beats game against the Saints at the Saints with Eli Dwayne Johnson. Uh, I know, I know, you I know can't what I'm talking about. There's yeah. a, there's that's y'all's homework. That's watching. Find us that name, please. Yes. But it's been, I mean, it's been since Eli was here. It's been years yeah, since yeah. someone who was even remotely close to, you know, someone who could return a couple yards. Um, sure. So. Um, I think wide receiver is one of the big matchups that we're all keeping our eyes on at camp. Another one I think is linebacker. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of hope from people that maybe they would bring in a a veteran linebacker. Obviously we know they brought in Okurake, who's going to make a a difference day one, week one. Um, And then we've got guys like Beavers and McFadden. Um, is, do you think that there's anyone that you've seen out of those two guys who maybe has the edge over the other one? I saw McFadden get some reps with the ones today. Beavers was also mixed in there. I think there's going to be a lot of 
rotation probably until week one. But do you think that by the time week one comes along, there will be a a one of those linebackers who has the confirmed spot next to Okurake? Uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna be player by committee or player by rotation until let's say week three or week four when it comes to a Beavers or a McFad McFadden mm-hmm. would kind of solidify themselves. You know, like right now it's all about run fits, you know, run fits and pass coverage because you're in pajamas, you know, but right. tomorrow again, Tuesday, the pass come on, but you're not going to be going game speed into another player. So mm-hmm. that's another thing, you know, that's another thing you kind of have to wait to see what you get from those guys in the preseason. And then the guy gets a leg up, you know, from what he does in the preseason week one. But then that's something you're going to you're going to have to see who plays and who who plays the best out of the two of those guys. And don't forget, towards the end, you may see something you like out of a guy somewhere else. And there could be some sort of contract issue or or reason to bring him off someone else's uh, roster. Uh, so you got this deep wide receiver room. Somebody could be used as trade bait for somebody, you know, if they have themselves a productive um, uh, but productive rest of training camp and preseason. And it's like, you know, we really need a player at linebacker. Why don't I dangle one of these receivers and see mm-hmm. what I can get in terms of skill set? So, I mean, that's the, I think that linebacker position is going to be the biggest line position battle in camp going through the rest of this preseason, especially with pads going on. Yeah, it's going to be very entertaining to watch. So we'll see, we'll see, you know, over the next few weeks who ends up making it through the preseason and all of well, that. Well, who do you like out of them so far? Like who's been making the most plays to you in camp? I, I think it's hard because I feel like every day I see something different. So today I saw McFadden in with the ones, you know, they're not really tackling. So you can only yeah. see so much, you know, like we've talked about. So the fact that McFadden was getting a lot of reps with the ones made me feel like he must be a step ahead of Beavers. And I saw Beavers in with the twos. So I, I think, like you said, that rotation is going to continue prior to camp. I felt like I thought that Beavers was going to edge it out and get that spot opposite Okurake. But now I'm feeling, I don't know, maybe tomorrow Beavers is going to be in with the ones and McFadden's with the twos. I, I think at this point it's probably 50-50 and could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's going to come in phases. It's all going to come mm-hmm. in phases. But it is something for Giants fans to watch because, like you said, that linebacker position was so inconsistent last year. And if we can't stop the run or the Giants can't stop the run on defense, then you might as well just – it doesn't matter who you brought in. You're going to have Daniel Jones, that offense, trying to get into shootouts you know, every game or trying to score, putting pressure on each possession, especially in the second half, if you can't stop that run. So it's something that I see them addressing no matter what, no matter how. Definitely. And I think we all agree that after last year, you know, obviously having Bobby Okurake get in here is is the first step, but that's not going to be enough to really kind of get in there and stop the run, you know, on a weekly basis when, you know, our schedule, we're going against some really good backs starting week one. We're going against Tony Pollard. Yeah, we're going to be in for a treat. You know, it'll be entertaining to see what happens. So, you know, there are still more camp bottles. We could talk about the safety position. We could talk about the offensive line, but, and probably more than that. Is there a 
a specific concern that you have going into this season, like let's say the offensive line, you know, something that the Giants have been struggling with for years. Obviously, there's been more talent brought in over the last year, which has made a big difference. But we all know that Evan Neal needs to be take a big step forward. You know, we're not so sure what the guard position is going to look like. I think we all could probably say that John Michael Schmitz is going to end up starting at center. For me, I feel like there's still a little bit of question marks there, especially knowing that we have a, a rookie at center. You know, we're hoping that Neil is going to take that step. Is he going to? That's a big question. So my concern is, is how is the line going to hold up? And again, we're not going to know until week one. Do you feel the same way or do you think there's a, another position group that you would say maybe you're a little more concerned about? I, I say it all the time on the Blue Rush podcast that we do with uh, Paul Schwartz and uh, Lawrence Tyne. I say RB2. I, mm-hmm. I think on this team, I think that question mark lingering on RB2 position is is bigger than the question mark on who's that second linebacker, you know? Okay. Like I, I, because if, when you're talking about that, it, that interior line, uh, obviously Andrew Thomas played lights out. I feel as though Evan Neal is going to make a step forward, have progress. That's a Bama boy. It's a guy who, who knows his craft, wants to work his craft. Mm-hmm. I feel as though he's going to take a leap next year. Now it's all, again, again uh, that interior line. So when we have a running back like Saquon Barkley, he can play above a weakness in the, in the line. You know, we've seen him stretch out to outside of the right tackle, beat mm-hmm. guys to the corner. We've seen him hit it within the middle. Um, you need an RB2 that can kind of do the same thing. You're going to have to take away touches from Saquon to get him to last for the entire year. I yeah. want him to touch every one of that 900K bonus for those a career year he's going to have to have to get it, plus Giants going to the playoffs. But if you tell me he's not going to get those numbers or reach that, that those numbers because there was a emergence of a, a true RB2, then mm-hmm. I would I think Giants fans would be okay with that. You know, you look yeah. at the amount of touches he had compared to Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell combined last season. You look at the just the overall production. I can't give you exact numbers, but it is it's a big drop off in terms of Saquon Saquon's carries. Saquon's rushing yards and rushing touchdowns to Brita and Brightwell combined. I want to take be I want Mike Kafka and Brian Dable to be able to take some of that out and go back to some of those two back sets to where you have another. I just love a wild card RB two. I love them all. And you know, my Bradshaw to me, one of my really good friends, teammate was a roommate, stayed over his house a, a lot when doing our rookie year to hang out and stuff. He is loved by Giants because he gave them things in the passing game and yeah. he ran like a pit bull. He's strong like a pit bull, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think if you can get like Ahmad Bradshaw, where art thou? You know, where art thou in this Brian Dable, Mike Kafka offense? If there can be an emergence with that with Gray or maybe Brightwell takes this step and again, or they find someone, someone from somewhere else to come in, maybe Korean Hunt or like who knows. Yeah, I think that would be a huge upgrade uh, as well and can get you away from some of the small problems from not being so sure on the interior of your offensive line starting off. Yeah, I saw James Robinson with a couple good plays today in camp. So he's another guy that yep. can be 
there. I also saw some great stuff out of Eric Gray. And I, I assume that that's one of the reasons why they drafted him, right? Is they want him to eventually be the future. But of course, the question mark is, as a rookie, is he going to be that guy right off the bat? And I saw him making some catches in the backfield and stuff like that. It seems like he's got some pretty good hands. He's fast. He can get through blocks. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens if it is Gray or one of those other guys. He just And he doesn't even have to worry, worry about being the guy because you already right. have the guy signed to a Walmart discount. You know what I mean? Like you got the guy signed. He just has to be one of the guys. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about how many playmakers can you put on the field. So right. if you with different sets, like just think of the 13 uh, personnel grouping where you have a Darren Waller who can do it all in terms of run routes like a receiver and block. Daniel Bellinger can be in your blocker, but he has sure hands. He may not yeah. break it, but the man catches the rock. And now Lawrence Cager is showing that he can go downfield with his routes. Looks like he's put on some weight so he can maybe – hold up position block just think of what you can do with like a couple tight ends in there two backs like the movement jet sweets gray on the on a on a like some sort of misdirection and then yeah saquon on the screen just think of all that you can do with the, like your different guys mm-hmm. so i think that's the approach that the giants are going with their offense where all right we'll build around two six and twelve but at the same time the other playmakers have skill sets that will be able will be able to take advantage of as well. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what they do. Sorry to talk so much, but it's just offensive stuff is just cool to me. I I totally agree. I think it's going to be really exciting. And I mean, we have gone through years of just watching absolutely horrific and boring Giants football. And you know, <laughs> you said it, not me, but I also I agreed. So I guess I'm guilty too. It's just, you know, I watched quarterback recently and I'm reliving the 2022 season and I'm seeing what, you know, Andy Reid and the Chiefs are doing and I'm seeing what the Eagles are doing. And I'm just over here like, I just want the Giants to do some fun, creative stuff that we haven't seen before. And I think this is finally going to be the year that we get to see some cool, creative stuff. And we he doesn't even have to do the ring around the rosy like Aaron, Andy Reid and that just like like we saw last year. We saw some we saw wow. We saw fun stuff. We just got tired of seeing diagonal slant every single, and then run up the middle next. Like, like, yo, like, someone's playing playing Madden on rookie. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Speaking of fun stuff, let's talk about the podcast because for those of you who don't know, Brandon does a podcast called Blue Rush with Lawrence Tynes and Paul Schwartz. So tell us how that came about and if you guys have anything upcoming. Um, I know it's going to be brought back more regularly, I'm sure, now that the season's kicking up. So uh, for those for those people who don't listen, what can they look forward to? Yeah, this year on Blue Rush, we're gonna add more. We're gonna we want to get like uh, like fan pages involved, a lot of the bloggers, vloggers involved. Get them on the pre-show and get the possibly get them uh, on the uh, the after show, the after game show. It's all about collaboration to me, man. Like you know, like I get it. It's all about you know, it's competition when it comes to certain things, sponsorships, X, Y, Z. But we're talking football here. We're talking Giants football. So I think everyone should be able to come on and cross. Uh, I don't say cross pollinate. I watch a little too much <laughs> daggling uh, net geographic, um, but you know, cross collab on different projects and get their different views and stuff like that. So uh, I want to add that. Also, want to see what we can do in terms of the VR metaverse. That was something that was just talked about uh, 
but I don't know how I, that may be a little something that needs to be worked like later on in the season. Um, but we just, you know, with Paul Schwartz, who's been covering the Giants since he was 12 years old, uh, he's longtime Giants beat writer. Uh, Lawrence Tynes kicked the Giants in the two Super Bowls, won two Super Bowls with the Giants. You get his take on things because he brings like that real championship aspect. When you're talking about locker room demeanor and championship culture, people try to go, oh, it's just a kicker. Nah, that's not just a kicker. The man showed brass balls kicking them too in the in in the frozen tundra mm-hmm. and out in San Francisco in the Bay Area. So, you know, that's a complete different. I love hearing Tynes talk about different things because he talks he when he talks, he talks like he knows or was part of championship culture, you know, so that's pretty cool. But we'll have all that going on. We want you guys to make sure you check it out for the New York Post and SMY TV. But, again, cross-collaboration. So be ready be ready to have to come on uh, our podcast for, for you having me on. I'm ready. One thing I love about hearing from Times, too, is, you know, with everything that's gone on with special teams over the last couple of years – especially someone like me who's never played football before, you know, I think a lot of people gave gave Jamie Gillen a really hard time. And to hear someone like Lawrence Tynes say, you know, he's not as bad as you think he is and give all of these reasons why and give a lot of his strong suits and and skills that he's good at and everything, I think helps fans see things in a different light. So I think especially from the special teams aspect, it's really interesting to hear him, you know, be so knowledgeable and, and talk about it. Yeah, and that's why he's money because a real to me, a real fan understands the importance of special teams. Like you can't if you when you're having conversation at a bar or whatever, and someone's like you could be referring to an old player. He's like, oh, he just played special teams. Like if it, I, I can't that I, I can't take that person's opinion serious in the terms of wanting to winning like having winning culture attitude towards football because special teams. You're you can win off of and you can for darn mm-hmm. sure lose off of. So very important where guys fit, what type of how you're attacking the counters that you see on kickoff returns and stuff. Because guys like Thomas McGahey, that guy's drawing. So he's he's watching countless hours trying to find that edge, that jump. Oh, there you are. The where's the 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 punt uh the punt spot where like the yardage wise, I want the ends to crash in on X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Creating a possession off of a fake punt, fake field goal. So that's, it's huge having times on there, not only for that winning culture, but to be able to break down the special teams game as, as well. Definitely. I agree. So for those of you who haven't listened yet, it's called Blue Rush. You can find it everywhere where podcasts are. So the next thing that I want to talk about outside of the podcast is, like you mentioned, people come up to you and say that you're the TikTok guy and, you know, the interview. Giants TikTok guy. Giants. So tell us a little bit how that came about, how you got to be the Giants TikTok guy, what the interviews are like, you know, do you come up with the questions? What kind of answers do you like? Because those videos are extremely entertaining. I love to watch them. Well, you know, it all came my my agent out in L.A., you know, when I got an agent out in L.A., when I retired from the CFL, um, like a month with her repping me, she reached out and was like, you know, Don Sperling, do you remember Don Sperling from Giants TV? Yeah, executive producer Giants TV from back when you're, you know, your your rookie year. I was like, yeah, I kind of remember the name and all, but she was like, well, I got an audition for you for Giants TV. They remembered you. They say you had good personality back then. Uh, you're a good kid, so they won't bring you back. Um, so I went 
flew out here, did a did an audition back in like uh summer of 2016. Did audition, read some on cam stuff, talked some football, but most of the thing they told me like, look, we're we're just gonna start this lifestyle fan thing. Let's see if you can be the guy that you know can do that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I started just doing stuff with fans, tailgating, eating at the tailgate, shooting fan caves and stuff, kind of carving my niche. And then it kind of just turned into something to where it's like anytime the Giants need me to do something, whether it be players or fan caves or now you see me emceeing at the games and stuff. Giants never had an in-game MC, but that all got signed off on. And uh, shout out to Brian Dable and Joe Shane, because when they went to uh, Mr. Mara and they were talking during their interviews of what they wanted to bring, to um to to giants football giants culture they wanted in more better in in game uh entertainment so that was something that was that was like a big thing then that was something that was talked about and the activations and stuff that was talked about off season last year to lead in the last football season and you guys don't even see what we got for you guys this this year you know in terms of in game entertainment and stuff so it's one of those things where it's like when the team is doing good, they're not going to boo you. But right. The team is bad. They don't care about what smearing off trivia. I'm do- get this guy off the yeah. get this guy off the jumbotron and put a winning score on the scoreboard. That yeah. and the Giants fans will let you know. But it's cool. It's going to be even more awesome this year because I mean, just the interaction, the crowd, the love, the atmosphere really turned MetLife into a party. Yeah, it's exciting. And like you said, you know, especially with the fact that the team was winning last year, it's only going to make this year a hundred times better. Yeah. Expectations are high though, you know, and that's the scary part. Like, because I came in this season, a Mets fan because of what the Mets did last season. I'm like, uh, I was asking somebody the other day, yo, can I jump ship now? Like, can I, can I go to another team now? Like the Orioles are good, but you know, so, but it's just New York when those, when the emotion, when the thought of winning, the thought of like going into a, a season with the expectations of winning when New Yorkers or tri-state area people get that for their pro teams. It's like, it's like it, there's an adrenaline like boiling into y'all's veins and stuff. <laughs> so if there is a letdown, it's like from the water boy. Oh no, we suck again. You know, <laughs> like it's just that sort of letdown. Yeah. So when teams are winning, then the pro teams are winning in New York it is a complete vibe. So, you know, I root for the Giants for whatever reasons. And, you know, it's cool working with them, doing some cool stuff. But just the overall vibe living in North Jersey, New York City, I mean, it, it just it makes life that much more fun. I completely agree. I So I'm a Yankees fan, so I, I feel the same way. It was like going into this year. Let me let me tell you how uh, crazy of a Yankees fan I am because I went into the season right after they signed Judge. I was like, yes. I put a $15 bet in DraftKings on them winning the World Series, okay? <laughs> and I think it's fair to say that I am not winning that bet. No. All you got to do is get to the postseason. All you got to do is get to the postseason. It's a, it's a different game. See, that's the at, that's the player in me. Like, you're never out until you are right. statistically, mathematically ruled out. To me, it's like you still, hey, let me bring my bat. Hey, let me catch bat. Hey, guys, let's turn this thing on and see what happens. So, again, I, I know how you feel, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to count them out. I don't want to count the Yankees out, but the Mets, I'm kind of like, uh <laughs> And that's hard, like being at SNY Studios every day. Like mm. our cubicles 
you know, for all the, the content that I do for SNY and the New York Post, we shoot out of SNY studios. So where we sit, my office is, is right where the SNY sales team. So last year they were selling everything, all ad spots, uh, all types of stuff, M&Ms, Cadillac, uh, DoorDash. And you're hearing these conversations that the sales teams have. A lot of them, I've been there a year and a half. They become really good, like, like friends now, not just people who I work and have, I share a workspace with. So you're hearing them on the phone and they're like, oh, we just sold, you know, two, a $250,000 spot to uh, M&M or Tri-State Cadillac or whatever, because they know that since the Mets are winning, X amount of people are going to be watching this. It's just the breakdown in that as well, you know? So I just, that's what I love about sports when you're winning. It's not just about, you know, the, it is about the team. Obviously, they, the guys are the reason why everyone's having a good time. But mm-hmm. everyone gets to have a good time when you're winning, especially here in New York, you know. So, again, sorry for the other, like, but I grew up in Virginia. I never got to see city stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. my rookie year here, it was like something in the air. Everybody say the Hudson smells and whatever. The Hudson, <laughs> I caught wind or taste the Hudson. It was like I can't, I can't go anywhere else now. Like I have to, I have to live in New York for the rest of my life. Love it. This is the spot. We have to make it to another Super Bowl. I need to oh, get yeah. to the parade in New York City or World Series, Yankees, whatever it is. I don't care if the Mets win the World Series. I'll go celebrate at the uh, parade too. I mean, why not? New York sports is, there's nothing. Just think two, let's say two championships in like one sports calendar year, like a super bowl and a pennant or like even if just if the Knicks won the daggone NBA finals, this, oh my gosh, the city was shut down. We'd have to shut down. Yeah. It would be worth it. A hundred percent. Wishful thinking, right? We, I, I know the thing is, as fans, we got to keep the optimism up, right? Or else we have been through some dark days that at this point, I'm like, I am going into the season being optimistic until I see either on the TV or on the MetLife turf that they are giving me proof that I should not be optimistic. Until yeah. then, yeah. this season, we're a playoff bound team. I mean, Super Bowl, maybe, maybe not, but you never know. Never know. You never know. Just get to the get to the playoffs. After that, anything's anything's up for grabs. Exactly. So one last thing I want to touch on. Brandon recently had a baby, so congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank and you. I saw um I saw him at camp one day mm-hmm. when you, I saw that video that you posted. Will he be on TV? Are you bringing him to games? What's the plan with little Brandon? Uh Think about doing some content with him. I'm kind of half and half on that, you know, like I kind of just want to enjoy being a dad. But at the same time, I'm just I used to make fun of all those people like, why are you posting your kid on the first day of school? Why are you posting <laughs> your kid's first T-ball head? I don't care. That was a single bachelor, Brandon. But now you got a kid. Went, right. look, look at his little thigh. Look at his toe. Oh, my God. You know, like it's just it's your little guy, you know. But, you know, I think I'll do some Giants content with him sometime during, throughout the season. Uh, Maybe get some with maybe with some of the other players and their kids, something like that, who knows, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, honestly, we'll see, but just that moment for him to be able, that was his first one, um, first out of many. And then all the people within the giants organization who, you know, came up to him and was like, Oh, Brandon, you know, they got me a blanket for him, all that. They got some cool gifts for him when he was born. So, you know, it's just, it's love from that organization. It's awesome. One of the, um, 
series that I did last year because I noticed that a lot of people who followed me were um, were younger and they only know the Giants as OBJ and Saquon. And I, I mm. said, you guys are missing out on the the Giants are one of the most historic franchises in sports and it goes beyond, you know, them just being historic. It goes into what Wellington Mara drilled into John Mara. And it's exactly what you just said that, you know, for some of us as fans, maybe it's just sports, but for the people who know the way that the business is run and the way that they really take care of their own and they really love and support each other like a family, I just, it's one of the best things about it. And to hear that they did that for your son is so sweet. Yeah, that that's cool. But for the future, like Giants fans, they're not trying to hear all that story stuff. They're like, win, win games. Give me some more superstars. Yeah, we don't care about team. the family stuff. You know, they all, they all, like you can't give these, these young cats, you can't give them that until it's like, there's multiple stars on this team. Like, it's cool to be Giants fan like that, you know. Like, for the older generation, like, the hardworking aspect is there. But mm-hmm. these young cats, they're not, trying, they're not trying to hear all that, you know. Like, they're like, no, go, let's go. Okay, go win some stuff. So, right. why, why, or, why, like, why y'all have me out here just yet, you know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just the everyday ones, the casual young Giants fan. Like, the ones that it, they're beat, like, they got to go to the games they're still diehard i see that but the ones that are kind of on the limb right now it's like oh my dad and mom like them but we're the start like we're the guy that i can shave mm-hmm. my head crazy like a ob you know what i'm saying like yeah the personalities and all they're another playoff run into getting reaching that young audience again to have stars yeah. and storylines and stuff like that so that's that's how it feels no knock on anything but if you know what i mean like they, they another run will will breed more stars for this team. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why the Saquon contract thing was such a concern with fans is they all look at it like he's he's OBJ in a sense, right? Like what OBJ was to the diehard fans then is, you know, what Saquon is to them now. And I think yeah. we all agree that no what we don't want to see Saquon go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he's back is awesome. Yeah, Giants fans are like, we don't have Saquon. Well, who, what jersey hey, am I going to wear? You know, like, what, what am yeah. I wearing today? Like, just a Giants t-shirt? Like, you know, the, there's Sexy Dexy and his personality. He, again, if they start winning more, he's yeah. going to blow up big time. Mm-hmm. He, the relationship between he and Big Cat, Leonard Williams, that can blow up and be its own little dynamic, you know, on TV one day, entertaining, uh, marketing, got to win games for it, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, Saquon can make some of that money back by doing a Danning commercial or, you know, mm-hmm. some more Chunky Soup commercials if they're winning and all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's New York. Like, the wins, the wins bring in M's. Definitely. I just saw a commercial with Josh Allen and I was thinking the same thing. I said, one more playoff run. And, you know, before you know it, I'm going to see Daniel Jones probably on my TV. <laughs> Daniel Jones drinks kombucha. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, get paid, DJ. Get yep. this is New York. Get paid. You Endless know? opportunities. Yep. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for this upcoming season. So tell us, tell everyone where they can find you, your podcast, your Instagram, Snapchat. So much out there. I wish <laughs> we could all just link it into one thing. Uh at Brandon Lennon TV, all social media prep platforms uh at uh new york post sports 
at SNY TV for the uh, the content. Make sure you download the New York Post app so you can see the sports, the videos, all the cool stuff that we do in the YouTube page as well. And the Blue Rush, Blue Rush podcast, we'll probably have something up within the next uh, couple of weeks toward the end of camp, maybe after the first preseason game. But uh, we're out there. If you see me out at, at camp, you know, on the mic, yelling at the fans, getting everybody rowdy, and then on the field, make sure you guys say hello. Trying to take as many selfies as possible. Just tag me. All right. There you go. I'll be waiting for my selfie next time I'm at camp. <laughs> for sure. All right. Thank you so much for joining me.